Welcome in now the outstanding color voice. Oklahoma State Cowboys. He is a four-time state of Oklahoma sportscaster of the year. Our good friend, and I don't say that lightly, our good friend John Holcomb joins us now. And John, appreciate you being on with us. How are things? John, uh, everything's great here. I mean, everything's been great since the end of the third quarter Saturday night. Um, but I, uh, you deserve a lot of congratulations as well, Mr. State Award winner. And also for your, your milestone, four, is that 400 in a row? Did I see that right? Uh, that's the, yes. That's the story we're telling. 400 Oh, straight. my gosh. Thanks. See, so one, <laughs> I appreciate one, person would, one person would say, that just means you're old. The other one would say, that's right. quite an accomplishment. And I, I would be the second guy. Congratulations. I got you. <laughs> Both are actually right. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, congratulations on the win over OU. You guys already had a spot in the Big 12 championship game locked up. But Bedlam, I know you wanted to finish it off in style. My goodness, uh, because even more out there that you can be in consideration for. Yes, it was. I'll say this. The way that game played out, there are an awful lot of OSU teams over the last three and a half decades that would not have won that game with everything that had happened up until the fourth quarter uh, when you talk Bedlam. Uh, you could throw in a few years in the mid-90s where maybe that wouldn't have been the case. But for the most part, the, when the Cowboys have had issues of their own self-inflicted stuff in Bedlam, it's cost them against mm -hmm. Oklahoma, even when they've had really good teams. But it was it's a testament to the maturity and the experience and the, the grit of the team this season, which is led by the defense that allowed them to pull that out. Yeah, that really does say a lot about this team and kind of the makeup of this team and the veterans, you know, the older guys that are on this team. Uh, that, you needed all of that, right? You needed all of those positives to get that win Saturday. You really did because, you you know, you started out sharp. You got the offensive start you needed. Um, I was concerned. My main concern going in was how would Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's defensive backs OU's bigger, talented receivers because I thought that, they would take shots with those guys, and they did, and they scored three touchdowns in the first half, mainly because of that. But, you know, the defensive changes by Jim Knowles at halftime, going to playing a little more zone and mixing it up more, and you saw Caleb Williams then have to stand around in the pocket more similar to what he did against Baylor's defense in Waco. Uh, that's the way to neutralize a young quarterback who's so talented as he is. So it started there, and it was a good thing that you had made those changes at halftime because if you hadn't, then that third quarter mushrooms even more against you, and then you're, you're really in the fourth quarter having to make plays. Uh, I hope you felt the uh, support that was coming your way from uh, from Central Texas on Saturday night. <laughs> uh, I, I imagine that there was a whole lot of cheering going on, and that maybe some people – other than your school president might have yes. something orange on uh, yes. Saturday night after, but, but you know what? It, it, you listen, I know in your broadcast booth, there was a side relief at the end of your game with Texas tech. And so the, we've been through enough of these, John, that we both know what it feels like when you're in the fourth quarter and it's a game that you, you've got a lot riding on and you just don't feel like you can relax until it's actually over and you're in front. Right. And, and we both experienced that on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, it was a sigh of relief when uh, when that field 53-yard field goal came point wide left just barely by uh, Garibay for Texas Tech. Uh, John Holcomb, our guest, color analyst for Oklahoma State. 
And so you had a lot of the Cowboys had a lot of support from here for obvious reasons. I'm guessing the Cowboys had a lot of support really from around the Big 12, if you know what I mean. Uh, yes, there's there's been uh, I, I think you could say the fraternity has uh, has strengthened. <laughs> among oh maybe eight teams right yeah yeah just say yeah. eight right yeah right. That, that that there is it's palpable i'll say it. i mean even, even when we don't trade text in our big big 12 broadcasters group text that you you know you know who's who would be there and who's who's fighting for you there it, it uh i'll say this about the atmosphere inside boone picking stadium it was louder than i've ever experienced it wow in that second half well in the in the kickoff return by brennan presley in the first half uh, just electrified the crowd. It got it got really loud. And you've been here before, and you know how the fans are on top of you. The students with the paddles in the corners, you know, are right there on top of you if you're on the bench. So there's not a whole lot of space. It doesn't spread back. It's right on top of you, just like out of the Rive Arena in basketball. And it just was. I mean, we thought we had a tremendous atmosphere, and we did for the TCU game when they said, "Hey, let's make this a blackout," and so everybody went black. That was great. But this this topped that. And then some. Wow, that's great. Well, uh, I, I hope you can pass the word. No paddles allowed at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. <laughs> just can't, those just can't go on the road. Well, did not even if they're in a small, clear bag? Not, no, not even that. That would be termed a weapon. You can't bring a weapon in <laughs> to the stadium on Saturday, which is good for us because uh, when Baylor played up there – second that was a pretty rapid crowd and and i think it affected baylor i, I think that was a part of osu's kind of intimidation uh in that win 24 14 the first meeting of the year you know what was interesting about that as i look back on it was you oklahoma state was still finding out who they really are because you come through the non-conference schedule three and oh but barely three and oh i mean a, a ton of close games that were decided by less than a touchdown and then just trying to find a way to beat kansas state the game before Baylor and and you do that and you do it and now you realize hey this defense is it's pretty good but you still yeah. don't know really who who you, who you are Jalen Warren had established himself and I remember from that the defense being good enough to overcome three interceptions by Spencer Sanders and maybe one of them wasn't his fault necessarily but it's still an interception and the thing that I think uh, some people around here may forget is that this was a three-point game between Baylor and OSU early in the fourth quarter after the Bears scored. And even though you felt like you were somewhat in control of the game, there, there have been – it was just another example of how this defense has been able to make you feel that way even when you make one mistake. There's good enough to make you pay, and all of a sudden you're behind. So there are not a whole lot of people, even though you're coming off the emotional high of beating Oklahoma, there are not a whole lot of people – who just believe that this is going to be a cakewalk. I think it's just the opposite. I think they look at it and go, wow, we're going to have to play really well to win on Saturday. Well, and that cuts both ways. I mean, Baylor uh, obviously pleased to be there. And, and who do you think has, if either team has an advantage? You know, I, I look at it as I really like our coaches, and I like giving them a second shot at Oklahoma State. You know, I just believe in our coaches like that. Um, is there an advantage at all to maybe the team that didn't win the first go-around get another shot and maybe can make adjustments that might make a difference the second go-around? Oh, sure, and I think Baylor's defense is, is plenty good enough to make things very difficult on the Cowboy offense. And uh, you know, you, you've got playmakers on that defensive side of the ball that a lot of teams in the league just don't have. 
So, yes, I think there's an advantage to the team that, that knew it was close, and if one or two things go the other way, then that's a different outcome earlier in the year. I also think that uh, there's something to be said for the Cowboys feeling like they are just catapulted into this game because of the outcome of Saturday night. And I think that there's some that might worry about a Bedlam hangover mm, and that yeah. you don't celebrate too much. But I think that's when you go back to the makeup of this team with guys who, um, gosh, uh, guys who are almost old enough to run for president on the team. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that sort of leadership and and maturity and not allowing the younger guys to uh, get too much over beating Oklahoma, that there's still work to do. Mike Gundy talked Monday about peer pressure as being a part of why this defense has been able to be so successful because, Don, you know this, for starters, it's depth. You're rolling in four new defensive linemen in the middle of possessions for Oklahoma – in the second half, you're able to stay fresh and all of that. Now, some of those guys aren't the older guys. They're the younger guys like Colin Oliver. But the peer pressure, you get in the film room or the video room after games and you see how hard these guys who are going through this maybe for the last time are playing every snap. And that has an effect on the younger guys because they don't want to be the ones getting pointed out in the video sessions going, why are you playing hard? Everybody else does. Hmm. So I think the peer pressure part of it, is a is a plus in OSU's preparation this week. But you know what? Preparation is one thing. Execution on Saturday is another. And there's just no way to know until you actually kick it off. John, we uh, saw the college football playoff rankings, uh, that beauty contest uh, last night. And Oklahoma State up to number five. So uh, there's a lot of, lot of uh, motivation along those lines, obviously, for the Cowboys this week. Yeah, and I, know, I don't know what the consensus is down in Waco, but I, I was – I was a little surprised that Baylor and Ole Miss flip-flopped. I, you yeah. know, Baylor. Same but, here. And, and I, you know, so what are they, they giving one and taking away the other to make it all evened out? Yeah, I mean, it's, who knows? You get an answer from Gary Barta, but it, it may be an answer that you need until the next ratings are released to figure out exactly what he's saying. <laughs> right. But I was, I was very curious to see if they would put the Cowboys ahead of Notre Dame. I'm not shocked that they did it, but I am a little surprised. And I'll say this, too, that I know that Baylor still was some things that could happen in front of them. If Baylor were to win Saturday, it's not out of the question that they could jump in now. It's maybe more unlikely given their position right now, but it's not impossible. But as far as the Cowboys are concerned, if you were able to play well and win the game on Saturday, I'm still of the mind that I will believe they are in the college football playoff when I see it on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John, interesting. one of the interesting sidelines of this game is two of the five finalists for the Broyles Award are uh, matching wits against each other. That is Jeff Grimes, our offensive coordinator, and Jim Knowles, uh, Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator. Uh, isn't that a great uh, matchup, you know, in the on the sidelines or in the booth upstairs between those two? Oh, no, no question. And Jeff Grimes has done a tremendous job. And, you know, and even not just with uh, – Gary Bohannon, but also now you've got a, a younger quarterback that you, you know, maybe doesn't necessarily change everything that you do because I think there's some similarities with what you want to run. You can run more of the, the, the playbook, whereas offensively for Oklahoma State, you know, they ran Spencer Sanders a lot against Oklahoma and had that option run for a touchdown that made it a two point game. But if Sanders for some reason isn't, you know, can't be out on the field with the offense for whatever reason, Shane Ellingworth comes in and it's a completely different deal. Mm. Uh, you know, you, you take away some of that that stuff whenever he comes into the game. He's a better passer, but he's not as mobile. So, so he 
Oklahoma State's challenge in that department would be uh, a little greater, but I'm kind of getting off the point there because Grimes and Knowles matching wits again. You know, Jim Knowles has to be looking around going, gosh, am I going to be able to have a break here against, uh, you know, somebody who maybe isn't as adept at calling plays offensively to counter whatever we're doing? You know, it's it's uh, it's interesting because you matching wits with Lincoln. Riley made the adjustments at halftime, and now you go back into the blender again. Yeah. Final thought. Uh, you got basketball tonight. Uh, how are the Cowboys doing so far, basketball-wise? Well, they, uh, they're exciting. They're explosive. They're long and athletic, and they're, they are really deep. Uh, they were almost – well, they were exposed to a certain degree at Oral Roberts last Friday afternoon uh, where they didn't guard the man with the ball all that well, but they made enough plays to win it in overtime. And, you know, just as if – we, we didn't have enough stress coming up on Saturday night. We had to have something like Friday afternoon. Too. So <laughs> right. point went over ORU. The only loss they have was to Oakland here in Stillwater by one point, uh, the second game of the season. And that was an experienced point guard. And they got it into a slower paced game. And the Cowboys didn't shoot it well from the free throw line or from three point range. Since then, they have improved in those areas. But uh, they're starting to shorten the rotation a little bit, figure out who fits best where. And, uh, they block a lot of shots. Now, I mean, there, there were times, John, when we would, especially Travis Ford was coaching, we would bring in some really good shooters. And all I can remember is Keaton Page guarding, was it Anthony Jones? Anyway, there's a foot difference between <laughs> yeah, the two of them. Right. So you've known about right. length and size for a long time. This is something relatively new, one through five for us. Dave and I are still getting adjusted to it. 